Well, I'm left with this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Brian Beckham. Brian, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. All right, let's go. Brian is a Texas super lawyer, 14 times running. He's the host of the Lessons from Leaders podcast, a computer scientist, philosopher, and athlete, author, dad. I believe you're, are, are you a jujitsu guy too, Brian? I'm a huge jujitsu guy. I'm completely and totally addicted to jujitsu. <laughs> and a fisherman as well. So you, you've, you've, you've got a full plate. Um, well, tell yeah. us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Sure. I'm the uh, proud father of three teenagers. Just got my oldest one off to Texas A&M University, which uh, is also the same school I went to. My dad went to, my granddad went to. So wow. a little bit of a family tradition there. So Father, husband, lawyer, podcaster, golfer, jujitsu addict, <laughs> on and on down the line, fly fisherman, you name it. But my my day job is a lawyer. Uh, I've been a lawyer for, gosh, uh, almost 25 years now. I started at a big firm, like a lot of people. Uh, I went to University of Texas Law School, made good grades, got good job opportunities, and was at a very, very good firm, one of the best firms in the country, about 300 lawyers, and realized after about two years this was not for me, that I wanted uh, to do my own thing. So started my own law firm 20 years ago with a partner, Vuk. Vujasinovich is his name, and that's why we call it VB Attorneys, because it's sometimes hard for people to <laughs> pronounce his his first name or last name. And, uh, and then I started a podcast on leadership during quarantine, so I started a podcast about two years ago. I've had Hall of Fame sports coaches and players and military generals and officers and New York Times bestselling officers, a lot, lot, lot of cool people on the podcast, so... That's kind of the brief biography of Brian Beckham. I love it. And for the law practice, you, you've, you've, you've been pulled, drawn to re representing uh, people who have had personal injury, just yeah. have 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 been wronged, and you fight for the little guy against the big guy. How did that all come about? Yeah. So when I was five years old, my brother was three. My dad was an Air Force captain and my mother got diagnosed with breast cancer and ended up dying. Uh, when I was 10, my brother was eight. My dad raised us as a single father. <clears throat> the reason that she died is because the uh, Air Force doctor misdiagnosed breast cancer four times. Uh, my mom was an Air Force nurse and she knew something was amiss, but the doctor really, really messed up. And so my dad hired a lawyer to help my family out, and the lawyer helped my family out. And that's the reason I was able to go to law school. My brother was able to go to college without incurring too much debt uh, on an Air Force officer's salary, which is not a lot of money. So I think subconsciously that experience drove me to do what I ultimately do today, I, you know, the other thing is, George, I think there are people that are institutionalists and there are people a little, a little more free spirits, a little more pirate type mentality. And I, I'm not really an institutionalist at heart. I mean, I had a great time at this big firm representing insurance companies, but I but I realized pretty quickly that I wanted to have human beings as clients and not insurance companies. And I remember my first case when I was a lawyer, I was defending this big insurance company and I lost and I 
was writing, I was giving this check to this young guy. And I was thinking, man, I'm so happy I'm giving this check to him. Like, <laughs> like I felt like he deserved it. And I felt like the insurance company was trying to stiff him. And that happens all the time. Matter of fact, that's the that's the model of insurance companies. The insurance companies, their job is not to pay claims. Their job is to collect premiums and then reinvest those premiums basically in the stock market and other places and make money. And so their job is not to pay people who buy their policies. Their job is not to pay. So I I, I really do enjoy uh, helping families and uh, kids and firefighters and police officers. I've represented a lot of police officers against these entities, insurance companies, whose entire business model is not doing what they promised to do. So it, it's uh, it's fun and it's very, very, very rewarding. I can only imagine. And certainly the, the awful experience losing your mother um, when you were a little kid, that makes all the sense in the world why it is yeah. that you would have, have pursued the career that, that you have and, and have the passion that you have for it. Um, you know, I don't think that there's too many worse feelings out there than feeling like you're you're powerless, helpless, you're getting screwed over, whatever emotion yeah. that that is, and then not knowing what to do about it and trying to handle it on your own. Yeah. Well, and really, that's I think people have this notion that uh, oftentimes people involved in the legal system are just in it for money. And that's certainly true some of the time. But most of the time. What people are will, really looking for is some sort of closure, some sort of psychological closure, because like you just said, the, the worst feeling, I think, for people is this feeling of helplessness or this this feeling of injustice that's going to go unremedied. I, I, I mean, you just look at it with children like I used to look at it with my kids. And man, if I if I wrongfully accuse my four year old boy of doing something to his two year old brother, I mean, <laughs> he would go crazy like. We have this we have this very deep seated uh, subconscious desire for uh, for justice, for the scales to be even for like we, we have this feeling that things are out of balance if somebody does somebody wrong and doesn't have to pay for it. And so just, it, you know, some of the time I'll tell you, uh, some of the time I don't get I'll, I'll tell a client, look, you don't really have a case. And here's why. And. They'll thank me more for that than some of the clients that I settle cases for because now they know they have closure. And, you know, I tell people, I say, it's a good idea to look into your legal rights if you if you feel like you have them because you don't want to regret 10 years later just to thinking, man, I wish I would have looked into that. Like the regret is is another one of those psychological feelings that's that's really negative. And so. Um, the point is, is people oftentimes in the legal system are not looking, you know, to win the lottery or something like that. They're they're more so looking for closure. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Certainly the, the huge percentage of all of our movies and entertainment are all about getting revenge or righting a wrong, overcoming yeah. uh, overcoming injustice. So when you think about it like that, 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 that makes all sense in the world. And it's interesting that even when you talk to somebody and you say, you know what, thank you for sharing that based on what you just shared, it doesn't sound like you, you, you have a case, but it gives them that, that, that closure. So at least they know. Yeah. It's, 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 
I mean, they can look back in five years and say, I looked into this and mm-hmm. I did what I was supposed to do. It turned out there wasn't anything there, uh, but I did my job. And that's a good feeling for people. The, the Like I said, the feeling that really gnaws at people is this feeling of regret, this feeling that, boy, I wish I would have, I wish I would have looked into this a little closer at the time. And, you know, that, that, that frankly is one of the reasons, you know, when I was deciding to uh, start my own law firm, that was one of the big emotions that I was looking at was, okay, if I start my own law firm, what, what are some of the potential downsides? Well, I could go bankrupt in front of everybody publicly. And that would be very, very embarrassing. Like I thought, I thought like that was kind of the worst case scenario, but the worst case scenario, if I didn't start my own business was that I would look back in 10 or 15 years and say, man, I really regret that I didn't do that. And so to me, that was an, once I framed it that way, George, it was an easy choice. Like I would much rather go bankrupt in front of all my friends and, and fail in a business and then, you know, go try something else. than look back at myself and say, boy, you really should have tried that. Um, and so no, no regrets as far as that's concerned. Yeah. I think that that's really interesting and being able to, to have that sort of internal dialogue with, with yourself and to weigh that out. Um, yeah. Powerful. And it makes sense. Um, is it when, 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 when people feel like they, they, they have that sense that, that, that they've been the victim of and, and they've been treated unfairly. Why would they not reach out? Is it that they feel like, who am I to, to, to tell an insurance company that they owe me money or who am I to say this? Maybe I should just go about my business. And that's, a, that's actually a great question. And I would say most of the time people are, people are nervous around lawyers. People are nervous around the legal system and people have a notion that boy, I can't take on this fortune 500 company. This insurance company is worth a billion dollars. How how am I going to possibly take on this company? They're going to dig into my background. It's going to be very intrusive, et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? They're right about a lot of that. I mean, people are right. It is the lawsuit process is an intrusive process. And it's frankly designed to favor the insurance companies. I mean, the insurance companies, they appear in front of the court again and again and again. And it's the same thing. There's a, there's a something called arbitration, which is basically private litigation. And uh, that's completely skewed in favor of businesses and, and large insurance companies. And that's because these insurance companies business, they have repeat business in front of the arbitration panel or the court. They're there again and again and again, whereas most people have one experience with the legal system and then they're done. And so uh, because these big corporations and insurance companies are in front of these arbitrators and judges and, and part of the legal system, and they've been through this before, and they have literally hundreds and hundreds of lawyers to choose from, uh, they don't hesitate to use the legal system uh, because they're not afraid of it. I mean, it, an insurance company will sue at the absolute drop of a hat. A big, big corporation that gets screwed over by one of its competitors will screw it. Will will sue at the drop of a hat because they know that's part of business. That's part of the part of the way it works. 
Well, an individual who's had some tragedy befall them, first of all, is is not going to be familiar with the legal system. So they're not really going to know how it works. There may be some apprehension there, number one. And number two, they have to go through this entire tragedy a second time. So it's it's really tough for people, uh, for individuals to go through this. I, I think we have this notion, you know, thank, thanks to the McDonald's coffee cup case and others, that uh, the system is totally biased against corporations and insurance companies, but I'm here to tell you it's it's actually the exact opposite, and and I just told you some of the reasons why. So it takes a lot of courage for somebody that's gone through something like this to basically go through it again. And part of my job, frankly, and one of the things I really try to do uh, at the beginning of the cases is is tell people what to expect. Like here, here's generally how this is going to happen. Here's what to expect. Uh, one of the reasons I'm here, you know, I'm an attorney, attorney and counselor at law. And part of, you know, I, I think the counselor part is just as part of just as important as the attorney part. And so I try to make people as comfortable as they possibly can when they're going through the process. I try to tell them everything uh, in general that's going to happen. Every single case is different and things happen that you can't predict. But in general, my clients know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Uh, and, and I think that gives people a, a, a little bit of comfort, at least, when they go into this really imposing, intimidating system. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I wrote down managing expectations. And, yeah, you know, the more we can do that on the front end, you say, and just be honest with people, which which, which is what you said, you know, yeah, this is going to be a really, could be a really hard process. And all the things you're worried about, a lot of them are probably going to happen. <laughs> but I'm going to be with you and to help you navigate through that process. And you will hopefully get some kind of closure, at least knowing that you stood up for yourself. And hopefully, you know, you'll get the result that you really want. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. So when, when, when somebody is thinking, well, okay, this has been, this happened to me, how is, is there a statute of limitations on, 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 on these things, which is standard or does it all depend? Yeah. There's a statute of limitations for every legal case uh, without exception. I mean, if there's a legal cause of action that doesn't have a statute of limitations, I love to hear about it because I've never heard of that ever, which is good because the idea there is you can't sit on your rights forever. Um, and so what I tell people is when something happens, there's this notion, there's this idea called ambulance chasing. And that the, the idea behind it is, oh, somebody gets hurt and a bunch of lawyers go out there and try to sign them up. Well, that's against the law. That's a felony. And if you get caught doing that, you get thrown in jail, as you should. And so does it happen? Yeah, it does happen, but it's pretty infrequent. The real ambulance chasing is when there's a big tragedy. Same event happens. The insurance company sends adjusters. They send lawyers out there. They start investigating the scene. They start talking to people. I mean, insurance companies literally can go up to you if you're hurt and hand you a $500 check, and you can sign all your rights away. So, again, the system is completely tilted in favor of these big insurance companies and corporations because they can go out there and start their investigation within five minutes of something hmm. happening. And they don't have the same rules that lawyers do. Lawyers lawyers can't do that. Like I said, it's against the law. It's a felony. And so what I tell people is uh, 
it is guaranteed if something bad happens where somebody's hurt or killed, big companies evolve. It's guaranteed that they have insurance companies and lawyers from the very beginning. And so why wouldn't you want somebody on your side? And the problem is, is people will wait for months and months and months. And by the time they hire me, sometimes it's too late because the insurance companies have done so much work. They've uh, located, quote, evidence and documents or been unable to locate evidence or documents, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, I've had phones destroyed. I've had so many, so much evidence destroyed, it would make your head spin. Um, and so that's a long way of saying, if you're thinking about it, you should consult with a lawyer. Most lawyers like me don't charge you for a, an initial consultation. And so there's there's no reason not to consult a lawyer. And then the other thing I tell people, George, which I think is kind of important, is a, some lawyers that do what I do don't want to file a case. Why? Because it costs 150 bucks in filing fees. They're lazy, and they do want a cheap settlement. And that's just it is what it is. Or they're afraid to go to court. The problem with that is if you don't file a case, you're kind of at the mercy of the goodwill of the insurance company because they have no reason to pay you. Like they can pay you whatever they want. There's no pressure. There's no uh, impending trial date, nothing like that. And so I tell people, if I'm going to take your case, we're not going to sit around and twiddle our thumbs for a year and then get some stupid settlement that nobody wants and then have to start the process and have already lost a year. What I say is let's get the process started. Let's put some pressure on them. And that way, uh, in a year, you can decide whether you want that settlement or now you got a court date, so you go to trial and you let a jury decide. And so I think that's a far better way to do it. Uh, the reason we do it that way is because the insurance companies make us do it that way. That's that's really the only way to get a good settlement. And so b bottom line is if you have any questions at all about whether you should do something, what your rights are, talk to a lawyer um, because – like I said, most of the time, they're not going to charge you anything for an initial consultation. So it doesn't make any sense not to talk to them. That makes a ton of sense. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more yeah. about you and how can they engage with you? Yeah. Uh, firm website is vbattorneys.com. That's V and V is in Victor, B is in Brian, attorneys.com. My personal website's got my podcast on there and some of my writings is brianbeckham.org. Kind of a strange spelling, B-E-C-K-C-O-M, B-E-C-K-C-O-M, Brian with an I. And then uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those other just under my own name. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Brian your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to vbattorneys.com and check out the great resources. Certainly get in touch with Brian if you feel like you have a question or you're just not sure, or certainly if you do have something that has happened to you, go to brianbeckham.org. It's B-R-I-A-N-B-E-C-K-C-O-M and check out Brian's musings as well as the Lessons from Leaders podcast and everything else he is working on. And then Facebook and Twitter and all the, all the social medias. Thanks again, Brian. Enjoyed it, George. Thanks for having me on. And until next time, remember... Do your part by doing your best.